Hi everyone, this is Enrico and I'm here together with Moritz. Hi everyone, this is Moritz. And here is our first episode of the Data Stories podcast, a podcast about data visualization that me and Moritz are doing together. And uh, I think we are going to follow more or less always the same kind of outline. We have a number of plans and I really hope that you will enjoy it. And of course, we are we are always waiting for comments and feedback about what we propose and how we do it. Um, Moritz, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, thanks. How is it going? What happened during the last uh, week or couple of weeks? Good, good. I mean, for me, the years, it's now slowly starting again. We moved houses in the beginning of January, so that, of course, consumed a lot of time. And wow. now I'm back at the desk doing data with stuff. So um, this week, what did I do? Oh, I, I analyzed a muesli network. So which <coughs> ingredients people use in mueslis together. So, wow. <laughs> so that's a little side project because I have this data set of customized muesli orders. Um, I work on a spinny globe, like a 3D globe, which I usually try to avoid, but this time it's, it's a uh -huh. good idea. And uh -huh. so um, we try to make that nice. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the oh yeah, and then I have a data set for um, working on web traffic and how people navigate on the web. But that's very, very much in the early stages. So okay, so yeah. it looks like you have no shortage of projects as usual. No, and this week it was really lots of data, so I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, great. What are you up to? Oh, uh, this is a busy period during of the year. People start getting anxious about. Uh, submissions to this week. I mean, people in research. So you okay. can feel it mm -hmm. here in Constance, for instance. Everyone starts uh, being more time closed into <laughs> into their rooms, uh, and we discuss less and less. And people are getting nervous, but I think it's normal. It, it happens mm -hmm. every year. And uh, I think in uh, in a week or so, we are going to have a number of presentations about our projects for this week. And uh, me personally, I have, I have a number of projects and I'm really, really excited about them. And I really hope that everything will go right. And I really like it because I'm collaborating as usual with many different people. This is, of course, a lot of a big challenge because I have to keep track of everything. But I really like to work with many people. And uh, yeah, and I like to work with fantastic people. And many of them are really, really fantastic. It's great. Mm -hmm. And so you internally, you, you pitch your ideas first and present them and people critique them and then yeah, you try to yeah, um, work yeah. that into the papers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, to tell you the truth, I always wanted to have this kind of pitches a little bit before because now it's a little bit late. You you have to be in the in a stage of the project where, where you already have some initial uh, results, uh, some initial tests. So it's a little bit late in my opinion, but we never managed to do it before. So it's better later than 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 never. never. Yeah. So it's 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 still fine. It's still fine. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Maybe we should explain that a bit because we did a you did an interview with me uh, half a year ago or so yeah and we thought it would be nice to continue that conversation because I mean you work as a visualization researcher really at a university and you write papers and do science 
and I uh, represent more the practical side of Infobiz. So I, yeah. I have I have clients. I make jobs. I, I, I'm sometimes close to advertisement also. And so uh, we thought that would be nice to have that. And everybody agrees these two sides should have a, a dialogue and uh, collaborations and so on. So we thought it could be nice to just make that a regular conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, and the more I think about it, the more I think it's it's really, really useful. We really need to have more uh, channels to let people from academia and from uh, industry or design or similar fields talk to each other because we, we are really experiencing a kind of explosion of visualization everywhere. You can really see it. If you have been into visualization during the last five or six years, like, us, you can really see it. I think you agree, Moritz, right? Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's yeah. really exploding, but at the same time, I think there is still quite a big divide between people and we need to talk and we need to clarify many things. And I think that these kind of exchanges is mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm, and regarding, regarding the idea of the podcast, I think when, when we did this interview, I think it was really nice. We had a lot of fun. And as you said, we had lots of good feedback and people seemed to, to like our perspectives and our discussions. And I think it would be really, really nice. And um, as far as I know, there are no podcasts around about data visualization. And um, yeah, and I, I hope we will have a lot of competition, actually. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, I think it's it's also an invitation to people to do more and to try to discuss more about visualization because my feeling is that um, we have lots of visualizations around. Some are good, some are medium, some are bad, but we are not discussing enough about the the core issues that we have in visualization. And I really hope that this podcast will be a way to, together with our blogs or other blogs, will be a way to let people think more about how to do visualization and how to, and how to make it even better in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So um, <clears throat> we also, um, our idea for the podcast is, podcast is uh, that we have one central theme per episode or maybe two sometimes where we would gather some material and also maybe ask our listeners for opinions or so. And uh, this week, one thing I came across, it was on, let's say, two days in a row. I think Wednesday and Thursday, we had two quite similar visualizations. One was the Deluge visualization. It's mapping moves within Norway, like where people moved from which city to where else. And the other one was a GE installation by, by Ben Fry Studio, Fathom. And they did two very, let's say, ambient visualization, visualizations for the lobby of um, different GE-relevant activities. Um, like, uh, I think the one was about worldwide scans, CT scans, and the other one was about power turbine, turbines and so on. And uh, both of them were like extremely shiny and animated and particles were flying around. And on Twitter, I was referring to them as exuberant data kitsch because I think this is <laughs> what it is in the end. But I also had to admit, it's it's hard to not be impressed by that, or it's it is mesmerizing and enjoyable to to see these flying particles. And so there is a big attraction going out uh, from these things. But at the same time, I often think like, oh, it's 
you watch it for three minutes, there's some nice music in the background and you see lots of things moving and you have a positive impression of, of the process because you think, oh, it's so organic and cool. But then in the end, the big question is obviously what... What have you learned, right? <laughs> What have we learned? Yeah, and these are and, yeah. these are not the only examples. There are many others that are basically using the same technique, right? There is a there is a very nice article from Andy Kirk from Visualizing. Oh, what's the name of his blog? Sorry, uh, Visualizing Data. Visualizing Data. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, Yeah, and it looks like there are many, many examples around, and uh, and people love it. I mean, of course, yeah. of yeah, course. Yeah. I mean, I love it too. I have <laughs> I have your same concerns, but I cannot help but say wow when I see some of them. So <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's it's. I think we 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 have this kind of tension between the beauty of it and the the need of communicating some kind of information out of it. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we, we have three kind of layers. We, we normally have a debate between, uh, or maybe we have visualizations whose main purpose is to communicate something, and some other visualizations that are more for data analysis and exploration. But I think here we have also a third kind of visualization that is more really like to impress people. Of course, it's more on the side of communication, but some of them don't really communicate anything special other than, wow, that's that's cool, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you put it negatively, it's a request I get often is just show how much we are doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah. the, the, so often this is the briefing um, for a visualization. Just show how much we're doing, or how much you know revenue we make, or how much, how much, how much. And obviously, if you're just focusing on, we want to show that there's a lot of things we are selling, or there's a lot of things we're doing. Of course, you end up with a visualization where you have lots of particles flying around, and it's just an impressive mass of something, right? Yeah. But I mean, the the positive thing is, I mean, if I mean, Aaron Coblin and his flight patterns, he did that maybe in 2003, 4, 5, something like this. And he mapped all the, the flights within the US. And there it was really, it's the same principle, it's just particles flying around, but because they had trails and because he rendered them very high res, you had <clears throat> both that sense of, okay, it's amazing, it's so organic, and you have that bird's eye view, you know, over such a big data set, that's such an, a wonderful feeling. But at the same time, you could zoom in and, and see individual patterns, and he highlighted them quite nicely on the, yeah. on the page. I must say that, so for instance, you sent to me some examples in preparation for this podcast, and I went through them for a while, and uh, I must say that even within just exploring those visualizations that use this same technique, some of them are better than others. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm sorry to say that, but as usual, I think that um, the results that come from research can help us understanding What's, what's the best way of doing things. And uh, I must say that at least looking at them, those that, uh, that use some kind of 3D visualization seems to be less informative than those that use 2D visualization. So for instance, if you take the one about, um, how is it called, about the spread of Walmart in the United mm -hmm, States, mm -hmm. this is pretty, a pretty basic visualization, nothing really too fancy, it's 2D. 
and uh, uh, you still get this wow effect, but I think it's also a lot more informative than other kind of visualizations that use this same technique. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think you can see it also, um, what was it? Uh, the visualization about the turbines. Mm -hmm. And um, that one is really, really cool. There is some nice music behind, and you can mm -hmm. really, you're very much involved and impressed by the visualization. But I couldn't really get anything out of it. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's 3D time series arranged in a strange uh, manner around uh, in a circular layout or something. And I couldn't really get anything other than, wow, this is a graphic that is based on some data. And uh, again, don't get me wrong, I really liked it. It's It's beautiful. But if I have to compare the same technique used in different visualizations, then I would say that, again, you can see a difference between where the techniques is used, uh, taking into account some, some design principles and others that seem to be less careful in this respect. What do mm -hmm, you think? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there's also a difference in the, what dataset you use. And often you see it used for geospatial networks. So we had an example with microloans where people from one country would lend uh, money to people from other countries, or the deluge where we have people moving from one place to the other. And I think that's a bit different than, for instance, than the what Nathan Yao from Flowing Data did with the Walmart spread, because they just have intensities for different places at a given time. And I think for the the, the toughest part is really these networks, these geospatial networks, because there you have the map and things are moving across the map and you don't know where they start and where they end and you just get the general sense of things flying around. <laughs> and mm. uh, That makes it even harder. But then again, these things are, I mean, that's the hardest thing uh, anyway, is mapping a network onto the world. That's <laughs> You cannot do that right, basically, <laughs> whatever you try. And so I'll... Yeah, I'll take it easy on these ones. <laughs> but just for instance, for the moving, I did a visualization in a, um, uh, one and a half years ago. It's called Map Your Moves. And I really tried to avoid showing all the lines or showing all the movements of individual people and thought more about, okay, let's look at each district or each county or so and, and look at how many people move in and out. So you can just... Um, take the problem abstracted on one level and say, I'm not interested in the individual move and how far it was at, at the same time for all of them. But in the beginning, maybe more in the sums and the averages. And then once you zoom in or you drill in, then you can show all the indi individual moves, right? Yeah, I think that another interesting aspect that came into my mind while watching this these movies is that as far as I understand or as far as I know, nobody tried so far to use uh, animation in a way that it can be um, it can be used interactively or in the context of a more explorative kind of tool. So kind of animation on demand or something like that. Especially I was thinking about those uh, visualization with particles that show um, people or goods moving from one, from one country to another. I think this is really, really effective in um, conveying the direction of the flow, which normally is not easy to represent. I've been mm -hmm. doing some research yeah. on that with a student I'm collaborating with in Switzerland. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, we tried many different kind of mappings. And I must say that animation in terms of using this particle animation in the sense of using it as a way to show the direction of the flows is really, really effective. So what I think is that there is also a lack of exploration of some of these animation tricks in more interactive environments and more controlled environments, because all these examples are basically visualizations that are used for for communication purposes. So you, you, you press play and you see yeah. the animation. But my feeling is that animation itself could be used in a more um, interesting and complex way in interactive environments. So it wouldn't just show development over time, but also some other um, parameters? Or what do, what do you have in mind there? I have in mind something like, um, I would call it, um, use something like user-controlled animation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in a way that users can uh, not only, of course, the basic, the basic functionality would be to start and stop the animation, okay? But this mm -hmm. is trivial. But you can imagine things like, I don't know, um, mapping different kinds of attributes to the, to the animation mm -hmm. or uh, speeding up or slowing down the animation or, mm. I don't know, I think Maybe also to go more in the direction of a simulation, really. Um, yeah. th there was a few years ago, there was a really interesting uh, Kai video. So mm -hmm. it was a, a research project presented at Kai, the, the interaction conference. And they made movie controls where you wouldn't control a slider to mm -hmm. tell the movie where to jump to, but you could manipulate the objects in the scene. So yeah. maybe there was a car and was parked somewhere. And you don't know when the car leaves the parking spot, but you could grab the car and drag it out of its parking spot and the movie <laughs> would jump to the position where the car started moving, you know? Yeah, 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 sure. And so sure. you could grab a data point and say, let's, I want to see when this one drops, right? And yeah, then, sure. so sure. you would make it drop and then the sort of the rest of uh, the, the simulation or the, the movie would, would jump to the right state. So that's an interesting approach. Yeah. What, what else can you do to avoid these flying particle exuberant data kitsch uh, shininess? <laughs> uh, well, I've been. I must say that this is uh, um, a topic that really attracts me from the research point of view. I'm actually. I've actually been doing some kind of some some research on this topic recently, again together with this student and uh, another colleague in Switzerland, and. Um, we have been working mainly on flow maps, and we started investigating how to compare uh, animated version of flow maps with uh, static version of flow maps. And um, the obvious, or maybe not so obvious, um, alternative is to use small multiples. This is always true, right? Every mm -hmm. time you have a, an animation, you can hide in. Every time you have something that develops through over time, you can either animate it or uh, use small multiples by taking still pictures at regular intervals, right? Yeah, it's like taking a, a snapshot of your movie every second or so and put them in a row, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what is really interesting is that actually as soon as I started doing research in this area, I realized that there is a lot of research already done in the past. And some, some papers are really, really interesting. So one thing I can say is that after reading this large literature, it looks like animation is really, really tough 
a tough topic because the um, different papers come to different conclusions. So in mm -hmm. some cases, animation seems to be better. In some other cases, it seems to be very bad. And lots of people compared basically animation to uh, basically to small multiples or other forms of static visualizations. And um, yeah, and there are a number of papers. There are, I, I want to mention uh, at least three of them, which are really, really nice. So there is a very famous one that is called Animation Can It Facilitate by Tversky and other people from Stanford. And uh, this is a paper from 2002. And it summarizes a lot of research around animation. So I must say that this um, paper is not focusing only on animation in visualization. It's animation in, uh, uh, I would say, user interfaces or any visual mm -hmm. depiction of, of, of complex processes. Okay. And from their point of view, it looks like animation is really bad. So it looks like there is a lot of research demonstrating that animation just doesn't work. So for instance, there are lots of studies about using animation to explain to people how a complex process uh, works or how to, um, I don't know, how to build uh, uh, how to build something, you know, these kind of instructions that you have from IKEA, how mm -hmm. to build a chair mm -hmm. out of these pieces. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it looks like that animation just doesn't work as well as, 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 you, as you might think, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, but then there are a number of studies that are more focused on animation as when used uh, for visualization. So there, is a, there are a number of studies demonstrating that visualization is really, uh, sorry, that animation is really, really good when you use it for uh, um, observing the transition of the visualization from one state to another. Yes, so of course. Yeah. In this <laughs> case, it helps a lot to connect uh, one state of the visualization to another when you have some kind of changes, when you change a view, for mm -hmm. instance, okay? Yeah. Or maybe you change a layout. In this case, it's really, really useful. Mm -hmm. But then, as soon as you try to use visualization with the purpose of getting some kind of insights out of data, mm -hmm. so uh, animation is actually used to represent some aspects of the data, then there are some controversies. It's not clear. Mm -hmm. So there is a very nice paper from 2008, published, I think this was an Infovis paper, and by Robertson and other, and other people, another bunch of people. And this was about, it's called Effectiveness of Animation in Trend Visualization. And again, here it looks like animation is not really good. And um, this study is particularly nice because they compare um, some visualizations that are similar to Hans Rosling kind of visualizations. Mm -hmm. And again, it looks like that animation is not that good in this respect. Uh, I think if I remember well, I hope I'm not wrong, I, I would have to check it. They use, they have one study that is more um, on how to use animation to detect some trends for exploratory purposes. And another study is more for presentation purposes, which is closer to the way Hans Rosling used uh, animation mm -hmm, in his mm -hmm. talks, right? Yeah. And if I remember well, in that case, animation has an advantage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was my hunch too, that, I mean, it is strongly connected to that idea 
I mean, our podcast is called Data Stories, right? And this whole discussion about narratives and about telling the stories and the data, it is an important one because a story is a powerful device to transport something. And if you look at, for instance, the Walmart map, it is exciting. You know, you, you have in the beginning the void, the empty map, and then a few dots pop up and you're just excited to see how will it go on. Right? Yeah. And you don't have, and that's the story um, part that you're sort of, you're taking part in that journey through time and, and you don't know what comes next. <laughs> and of course, if you have, yeah, that's a, experiencing a story, right? And if you have the small multiples or the trails or any other principle that shows you everything at once already and you can go back and forth and you have the perfect overview, it's like spoiling the end of a joke, uh, of a joke you know? It's, yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> there's no more excitement it's all there um, it's, uh, it's just the cold naked truth <laughs> and, and so I, I think part of the attraction really of these animated maps is this how will it end <laughs> you know this feeling <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, yeah, I just wanted to mention one last uh, piece of research, which <laughs> actually complement what I said before, because so far I mentioned only studies that are actually against animation. But there is another one that is really, really fascinating that is called, uh, let me see, it's a long title, a comparison of animated maps with static small multiple maps for visually identifying space-time clusters. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is, okay, it's, it's a little bit complex, but I, I'll try to make it simple. So what, what these people tried to do was to come up with uh, some kind of um, animated, uh, animated maps, but it's more abstract than, than simple maps. Mm -hmm. And they artificially inject some clusters on top of these maps and uh, they can actually control the speed with which these clusters change their position and shape and how distinguishable they are from the background, okay? Okay. And what is really remarkable of this study is that they demonstrated that some specific patterns can be detected a lot better or even only by using animation. So the intuition here is that when the goal is to detect some specific changes in time, then mm -hmm. it looks like our, our brain or our eyes are particularly tuned to see differences only when these differences are animated. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. this is really, really fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a lot of, there is a lot of research to do in this, in, this, in this area. And you can see some of it in these, in these examples, in these animated visualizations, because sometimes you have some strange things that pops up somewhere mm -hmm. and you immediately notice it. And I'm not sure if you would notice if you have a small multiple uh, oh, equivalent absolutely. of this visualization. Yeah. For instance, if you have something like periodic patterns, yeah. but the period is not what you chose for your small multiple uh, interval, right? Yeah. Then yeah. you would immediately see it in the, in the visualization, something's blinking there, you know, or something like this. You would immediately see that in the animation, but you wouldn't see it maybe in the more condensed uh, multiples version. So in the end, it will depend a lot on your data set, <laughs> as yeah. always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I think we shouldn't... Um, I, I think we should 
keep encouraging people doing animated visualizations. I think it's, it's really nice. Sometimes it looks like eye candy, right? As usual, but it's not, it's not just animation. You can have other kinds of visualizations that are a little bit of eye candy, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, my tendency is, I mean, for instance, when I teach or so, and people come to me with their plan of a world map where lights appear and disappear, I usually say, uh, go on thinking. <laughs> 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 this is not the end yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, you know, know there, are, there are a number of traditional controversies in visualization. So I can name animation versus static. And mm -hmm. I think researchers are pretty much consistently against animation, yeah. but I'm not convinced. I think there is yeah. much more yeah. to, to, to do in this direction. And the other classic is 3D versus 2D, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, even yeah. more outrageous. I think <laughs> if you ask to any researchers in the field, yeah. Yeah. This person would say, ah, 3D is, is bullshit, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Now, if you, if you publish a 3D visualization that is not on a 3D data set, I think you will lose your job if you have a traditional <laughs> researcher's job, right? <laughs> and I think that the, you the, will be fired. Yeah. yeah, the best you can do is to try to publish an animated 3D visualization. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, you, you should do that, yeah, under a different name, maybe. But again, who knows? Maybe there are cases, there are cases where. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't like to be too orthodox, right? I mean, I think we should be open to cases where some, some, some solutions might actually work. And maybe there is some space somewhere for animated 3D <laughs> visualizations, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's really an interesting case because it's something that everybody loves who is not in the research field. And it's really something where you approach a researcher and say, listen, I made this animated world map. And they go like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's yeah, it's a, in a sense a classical topic. You're, you're right about that. Yeah. 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 And, and I think there is also a lot to do in terms of the power of engaging people with animation. I mean, it's, yeah. it's evident that animation has a superpowers in, in, in terms of engagement, right? Absolutely, yeah. You can't stop watching. It's uh, it's the same for me, you know. I want to want to watch that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think maybe we humans have a natural tendency uh, towards animated towards things, TV, right? <laughs> or maybe just towards TV. Who knows? <laughs> Information TV. Yeah, I, but I, I think that's the the danger. Really, is that it's just you know entertaining you, yeah. and and not much more is happening. But yeah. yeah, but entertaining is not bad. As long uh, as it's a good start, at least. It's a good yeah. start. It's a that's good start. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not against ent entertaining <laughs> as long as it's clear. This is for entertaining. But if you try yeah. to sell something, if you, if you do something that is entertaining and not informative, and then you sell it as informative, then we have a problem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do we have a new genre here, data entertainment? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Do we have a new genre here? Data entertainment? Why not? We have yeah. data data art. Yeah. And we could have data entertainment. I'm, yeah, I'm maybe fine it's a new it. profession. You know, <laughs> yeah. In 10 years, you can study data entertainment. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I'm not against it. I'm not necessarily <laughs> against it as long yeah. as, it, as it is clear and well crafted, of course, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting. It's I'm always torn apart as well. It's like I love them and I hate them. So it's. But then there's something to it, probably. 
Yeah. One other thing, should, should we get to the next topic? Because we have yeah, one, so. let's say, half topic still in the in the back burner and we want to keep the first one short and sweet so I don't have to do so much <laughs> audio editing work, hopefully. We are all newbies. We yeah, I think we should, <laughs> we should just introduce this topic and maybe we will discuss discuss it more in depth during our next uh, episode. Yep, so this could good. also be a way to get more feedback from the from the listeners and hoping that there if will, be, there will be some. some <laughs> I hope so. So if you are listening to this podcast, please show up and let us know that you are listening. And if you want to send some feedback and questions, we would really, really love to get some. So our one thing that we wanted to start discussing, at least in this episode, is um, yeah, what's the matter with uh, these visualization contests and marathons or similar stuff? I think here again we have some mixed feelings. Since we have, I, th I think I don't know, Moritz. I think we both agree that there are some good and bad aspects, and we would like to discuss more these kind of. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole contest idea, I think it just came up a year ago <laughs> so, or maybe two years. Can't remember even what the first really visualization contest was. I mean, there have always been the vast challenges in the academic world. Yeah. But the first, let's say, popular visualization contest, it's not that long ago. And then over the last year, we saw announcements every two weeks, literally. I mean, not just, you know, I'm not exaggerating, but yeah, there, yeah. there's a, every two weeks, there's like a, a contest. And it was interesting to see like how the different contests fared and how how different the, the outcomes were. And often, of course, if you have that much contests, you have the quality is sometimes not that great, but still people get a gold medal and thousands of dollars or whatever. Do you, and, think, yeah. do you think we are in a contest overload? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> If you ask me that directly. <laughs> but, I mean, who does it hurt? I mean, I, you know, it's not that it would affect me personally, but... Yeah. Um, if yeah. you ask me if I had, if I could like reduce the number of contests to the half and increase the quality, I would do that in a snap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I must say, a few days ago, I tweeted uh, something about the last uh, prize given oh, at yes. the mm. visualizing visualizing marathons. Yep. And um, I actually regretted because I did it a little bit in a hurry. I have to learn to, to, to wait before tweeting something that yeah. is even slightly bad. But yeah. I was really impressed. I mean, this was kind of... I was a little bit involved in these uh, visualizing marathons for one of the marathons, the one in Berlin. I think you were involved uh, yeah, as well, right? Yeah, I was right? a speaker, you were a judge, so... Yeah, yeah and... Um, Yeah, maybe I, I will I will I will uh, tell something about the process during the next uh, episode. But I just want to tell that then I saw the result from the um, so they published the result that comes from the best of the best. So they decided which visualization was the best among all the marathons that they that they had. I think they had yep. how many five or six marathons around the oh, world. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is this is supposed to be the best of the best. So I clicked. I was really curious. And the first impression is like, oh, 3D <laughs> cubes to represent uh, demographic data or something like that. And yeah. I was kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Because I don't know. On the one hand, so what actually happened is that 
after a few seconds, I tweeted something like, if this is the best we can get out of more than 300 students in six countries, we have a problem here. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And then I received some criticism and also some appreciation, but I think that that's not the point. And um, so I don't know. I think that these people from visualizing.org, they are doing a very, very interesting job. And I'm really supportive of their job. But at the same time, I have some concerns. And, um, and I think this is true for any other kind of marathon of, or contest. I think we are in this state where we have a, we have a little bit of overload of as we mm. said, a little bit of contest overload, and it's not clear whether what's, what are the benefits and um, and uh, I don't know. So far, the results seems to be a little bit disappointing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's many sides to that, and probably we could actually really discuss a whole episode just about uh, about it. But um, I think it's hard to to judge a contest just based on the winner. So, because there's always a jury and there's always a certain process to how they got to the result, and you don't you don't always know how it went, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, but what we can judge is the process. If the process of selection is you know is okay, or is it, it's a bit like an election, yeah, like a democratic election. You cannot <laughs> say I don't like the president, so this election sucks. But um, you can at least look at if the election goes okay. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, and the other thing is really, I mean, these contests, I think the way they are, uh, they are set up, it's, it's targeting really only a small number of people, which is students who are, let's say, proficient enough to do visualizations in like days or hours sometimes, yeah, mm -hmm. but still have the time to do that. And so they're not like close to their graduation or they don't have a job and... For me, it doesn't work usually, you know, to, to spend like days and weeks on a, on a data set and mm -hmm. for the vague prospect of maybe winning a book or something. And yeah. so so I, maybe that's also a problem. It's really, it's focused on a very small demographic, actually, you know, who yeah, can yeah, take sure. part in these things. And then, of course, you get the same submissions, the same styles of submissions all over. And sure. um, then things get a bit boring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to spoil the next the next episode. But another thing yeah. I can say, I can tell is that many. So of course I shared these uh, some of my criticisms with some people out there, and some of them they say, yeah, but you have to take into consideration that these are students, and they have to do this thing in 24 hours, and of course it's hard to come up with something sophisticated. And yeah, I, yeah. I fully agree. I understand it. It's fine, <laughs> but I don't know. Let's take this. Uh, what 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 was named the the grand prize winner? I think so. AQ, yeah. yeah. AQ, uh -huh. AQ Librum, AQ Lib, AQ, EQ Librum, something like that. What was the name uh -huh. of this visualization? Uh, I don't remember. Like okay, uh, it doesn't take much time. To, it, it actually doesn't take any time to know that using a cube is not the best way to, to visualize data, or at least it's not shouldn't be the first idea that comes into your mind, right? Yeah, but did you so, see the video, the explanatory video? So there's a story behind the cube. You know, it's like a Rubik's cube, but it's, the idea is you have to balance it, right? Otherwise, it falls. So stuff like that. So there's sort of a, there's a, let's say, a metaphorical reasoning behind the cube mm -hmm. metaphor. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, it's possible. So that I there can is see how, how they, 
I can see why they did it. So okay, yeah, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. Maybe we can discuss it more during our yeah, next yeah, episode. Probably. It's yeah. possible that it was even too superficial. I don't know, but the first impression from my side was 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 bad. I have to say yeah, that it yeah, was bad. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> a winning visualization. You're right. I mean, out of three hundred. Uh, people are what I mean you should look at it and say wow that's amazing you know before you even understand what it is <laughs> yeah, yeah. and if you say what, what cubes maybe something is wrong about it yeah. Yeah, sure. what I was just thinking is maybe we shouldn't have experts evaluating the results and five people sitting you know in one room and, <laughs> but um, more really test visualizations and maybe also contest submissions to how well they actually work no idea how that works logistically, but yeah. I mean, we're just always talking about the theoretical, you know, impact or how it, according to principles, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the, the interesting story would be what happens if you show that to 50 people and if you show the animated movie to 50 people, what have they actually learned or not? And maybe that should be the criterion. I, I don't know how to measure that without like spending weeks, but maybe it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, the point is always going beyond the wow effect, right? So yeah. the first impression is always wow or cool and or stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I'm just thinking Andrew Vandermeer, he does some research on, or he, you know, over the last few years, he yeah. has been trying to quantify or at least not necessarily quantify, but factor in the aesthetic effect of visualizations. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we could have an episode with him discussing the, the the difficulties there. Yeah, yeah, I, I cannot think nice. of a better person to talk about aesthetics than yeah, Andrew. true, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, cool, cool. Uh, I think we can stop here. It's more than forty minutes. I think it's fine. <laughs> and uh, I just want to repeat once again that. Um, our next episode no actually we didn't say that we plan to have episodes every two weeks right yeah yeah so that's the plan uh, that's least. the plan and again if you are listening to the podcast we would really really love to get your feedback even if it's bad so please if there is anything you don't <laughs> especially like especially if it's bad yeah I think <laughs> especially if it's bad please feel free to say oh it doesn't work we uh, we want things differently or you are just sucks <laughs> 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 <And> <laughs> you, you guys don't suck, suck so much yeah <laughs> stop sucking <laughs> or stop yeah, sucking okay. yeah. it's no fine. but uh, but we really have no big experience with podcasts and it's always hard to judge yourself uh, yeah. And so uh, any, any tips for improvements, we're happy. Yeah. yeah. And um, we would really love to receive not only feedback, but also questions or any kind of inspiration for uh, follow-up episodes. So if you have anything to say about these marathons and contests that we are going to discuss during our next episode, please yeah. feel free to, to send a message. And uh, also, if you have any ideas about things that you would like us to discuss during any of the following episodes, please feel free to suggest. We are really, really open to suggestions. Let's go back to work. Absolutely. And, Lots uh, of muesli, muesli networks waiting for me. Yeah, and <laughs> me a bunch of papers to read. <laughs> um, yeah. Have a good weekend. And, Same to um, you. Yeah. See yep. you. Bye, 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 everybody. Bye, 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 bye. bye.